You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slides a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football round table podcast it is monday and that means it's mock draft monday once again we will do be doing a redraft superflex mock today it is just underway uh dennis and i are about to make our first selections but before we get to that, we have plenty of news to look at and even a little note from our sponsor, DraftKings. But, Dennis, before we get to any of that, how was your weekend? How was your Monday? So my Monday has been very, very busy. But my weekend, so you remember a couple of weekends ago when I said, so my wife looks at me and says, hey, you got a truck. Let's get some mulch. Guess what she said this weekend? Hey, I'm going to take your truck. Let's go get some mulch. So I had another truckload of mulch, and so I did. It wasn't as bad this time. It was only about, it was about three quarters of a yard, and it was just along the front of the house. So it, it, it wasn't. And the kids were around, and so they did more of the heavy lifting than than I had to do. So it wasn't too bad. But I don't know. I got to rethink this whole having having a truck thing. Uh, it's uh, it, it gets me into a lot of stuff. Well, you know, there's a price to pay for everything, both. Uh, so the the good news is you got a truck you like. The bad news is you got a truck that everyone likes. Right. Well, it was a busy weekend uh, for the NFL, final week of preseason, um, and there's always plenty of news. There is so much news on here. We're not even going to talk about how scared we all were for a few moments when Deontay Johnson and TJ Watt got injured because for reasons known only to Mike Tomlin, they were playing in the Steelers final game. They're both supposed to be okay. But somebody who uh, whose recovery will take a little bit longer is Brian Robinson, um, the rookie for the Washington Commanders. Had been making big strides, was expected to have quite a role in the backfield. Unfortunately, was the victim of a carjacking or robbery yesterday shot a couple of times in lower extremities he made a post today seemed like he was doing well some people have talked about it looks like with his injuries he may even be able to return at some point this season so those are all the good news praying for nothing but the best for brian robinson uh, with his injury but dennis what does this mean for the commanders and for antonio gibson well i'm i'm sure it's good news for amon ross st brown too um 
for Gibson, I, Robinson, it, it seemed, was just starting to get anointed. And I feel like, boy, you guys are going to leave me. Did somebody take Chase? You uh, yeah. took Chase. So, well, I'm going to take Justin Jefferson and let's go. I'm big on Jalen Hurts this year, so I'm taking Jalen Hurts. Um, so the the news for for Gibson in the short term, I think, is good. In the long term, I don't think it really changes anything. Uh, he still has a coach that doesn't really know how to use him and kind of doesn't believe in him. I think at his core, Ron Rivera likes guys that can play all three downs and run the ball inside really, really well. I don't think running the ball inside is Antonio Gibson's forte. He's got a little bit of uh, Travis Etienne to his game. Whether that's from spending most of his high school and college career playing wide receiver, uh, who knows? He just doesn't seem to quite have the vision and the comments are leaves a lot of yards on the field. All right. So they bring in Robinson who kind of lacks some burst. Maybe, you know, doesn't have the same big playability that Gibson does. Overall, it sounds like the injuries are for lack of a better term uh, relating to being shot kind of minimal shot in the butt. One of the largest muscles on the body um, and shot in the lower leg. So it seems that uh, it was he got off lucky. Uh, you, you hate to see anybody be involved in something like that, and I'm glad that it was no worse than it was for for Robinson because I do think he's he's got a good future in the NFL. The recovery I've heard is going to only be you know somewhere like four to eight weeks or something. So clearly it was not a large caliber gun. Um, even being shot in a large muscle like the glute. Uh, I feel like given that, it's going to stall the start of his career. It's good news for Gibson in that he gets to, uh, he gets to play more. They still like McKissick. I felt like Gibson was kind of being shifted more into the Gibson role with the Robinson coming on. Uh, I think early part of the season will tell really what happens. And if Gibson plays really well, it may be hard for Robinson to come in and take significant touches from him. Yeah, I'm kind of with you for Gibson. I think, you know, we were hoping he would be low end uh, running back to probably locks in this value. Um, Still my concern with him would be dynasty. Um, I don't know about long-term. So the next piece of news, LaVisca Chenault gets traded to the Carolina Panthers for what they're calling future draft capital. Some people are excited. I saw a post in our Discord for Campus Can said he's back from the dead. My take is he's not yet back from the dead. Um, You know, probably this writes the final word for Terrace Marshall, who looked like he was probably going to get cut anyway, but still DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and Rashard Higgins above him. How do you feel about this trade for Chenault? Indifferent. Uh, I think it's, it's a change of scenery trade. Maybe it helps Chenault. I don't think, um, I don't know that it necessarily helps his fantasy value. He just hasn't clicked as an NFL prospect. Uh, whatever his skills were in college have not translated to the NFL. I think he gets a you know a new head coach, and you know basically he's going to get a two for one because if he's with Carolina next year, he'll probably have another new head coach. So you know he, four head coaches in two and a half years is you know uh, a, a big deal. I think uh, Chenault will be what he is, which is, uh, you know, a dollar store Debo Samuel, uh, you know, great value Debo Samuel. I think that's what they want. Debo Samuel implies that he might have uh, some kind of big role in the offense. 
I'm not sure that it vastly improves his situation over Carolina or over Jacksonville because I'd almost say he had a little less competition in Jacksonville, but I guess we will see. Yeah. Uh, next one, uh, kind of fascinating. New contract for Jimmy G, who will be staying with San Francisco this year. His contract guarantees him a no-trade clause, also guarantees that he cannot get the franchise tag. Dennis, what do you think of this, and what does it mean about how they feel about Trey Lance? I, I, I don't think it says anything about how they feel about Trey Lance. I think that... Uh, John Lynch is doing his best. Mike Mike Mayock is what's happening. He's completely ris- misread the market for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and basically there's one team that'll take him. And he's like, I can't trade him to that team. It would be a nightmare for me to trade him within the division. And if I cut him, then he'll sign within the division. There's no way for me to look good in this unless I just pay him money to sit on my bench. He's basically getting the... Uh, uh, Commissioner's exemplist, unless Trey Lance absolutely face plants, I don't think Jimmy G takes a snap all year. I'm a little bit different than you. I think that they feel like Jimmy G's not ready and that they have a team that needs to compete. I don't know that they want to regress too far back off of where they were last year, which might be what was going to happen. I think there is a chance Jimmy G plays. I think there's been a chance they've been worried I think that's why they wanted to move him off the roster so that that wasn't what fans were clamoring for or people were giving them pressure to put in. I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, a couple of players released. First, Sony Michelle uh, released from Miami. Does that provide you any clarity for their backfield? I feel like it's been Chase Edmonds all along. Uh, you know, they paid him the money. I think that Mostert is the the clear backup based on familiarity with the system. And Mostert is a good back in stretches. Unfortunately, he can't stay healthy. So I think he does provide a certain amount of value. And then I think it's good for Miles Gaskin and that Gaskin moves up to the number three. Um, him and Salvan Ahmed, who will pl- probably play more special teams. Um, but I've I've been kind of drafting in the the at once you get past the uh, running back dead zone. Edmonds has kind of been a target for me. I think because I felt like he's going to be the guy there. You know, only five running backs had over sixty five percent snap snap share last year. So I think if he gets 55% of the snaps, he ends up with 60 to 70% of the running back touches. I think uh, that's kind of a, a easy pick for me for, for uh, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I think Chase Edmonds is, is probably still the number one, probably a, a good sign for Mostert as long as he's healthy. Be curious to see what it does for Gaskin. The next release, uh, not completely unexpected, but Matt, I think it, Ariata, Areza, uh, sometimes referred to as the punt god, was released by the Bills on Saturday after not playing in the preseason game on Friday. They actually used Matt Barkley as a punter because they had cut their veteran punter. It looked like he was tracking toward making the roster. Then the uh, civil suit uh, alleged uh, participation in the gang rape came out. Um, Bills really had no choice, right? Yeah, and... Again, it was another screwy situation where, well, we found out about this in July or June or something, and we were waiting to see, you know, get all the facts. It's like me trying to get medical injury facts from NFL teams. Uh, they can, I, I don't know. When you hear something, you, you have to react and react more strongly to the situation than the the when when something of this nature comes up you can't just say well we'll kind of wait and see what comes out with uh an alleged crime of this sort it's it's pretty severe and so waiting for it to come out does not make you look good it doesn't put the player 
in a good situation. And, you know, hopefully it comes out that, you know, this girl was not abused. And, but from all looks, it seems like something pretty terrible happened and, and he was involved. Yep. Kind of a, a tough situation. A couple of quarterback injuries. We saw Tyrod Taylor uh, carted off for the Giants. Also, Sam Darnold injured uh, for the Carolina Panthers. They went from having three options at quarterback to uh, it's a good thing they have Baker because it looks like Darnold will miss some time. They said IR is not out of the realm of possibility. And obviously, rookie Matt Corral leaves with a Liz Frank injury. Uh, any concerns with these quarterback injuries coming up? You know, it's a rough sport and players get injured. Um, I, you know, I'm not a Mason Rudolph fan. Um, but as I sit here watching the Detroit Lions play yesterday with David Blau and uh, whoever the other quarterback was, I'm thinking, Tim yeah, Tim Boyle. I'm like, you know, it might be okay for them to trade for Mason Rudolph to back have a, as a backup quarterback. I, I don't think they. I, I don't think it does Pittsburgh any good to keep him around. And uh, Rudolph is is not great as he is is better than Blau and Boyle. And so uh, let's let's get let's get a number two in in Detroit. And I, I think you know injuries are just part of the game, and you you, you have to be able to deal with them and, and plan for them and. and you know, have a next guy up mentality. Some teams are much better at it than others. And part of that next guy up mentality involves when that next guy steps up, what are his strengths and how do they fit? How, how can we help fit his strengths and cover up his weaknesses? I think some teams do that really well with offensive linemen. You know, your, your swing tackle is a swing tackle for a reason. And so maybe you stop dropping back 50 times and you only drop back 40 times because that guy's a better run blocker, you know, those types of things. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I think Carolina still has P.J. Walker. might help him to uh, make a roster. It's been interesting, you know, in Denver, they've been talking about whether either of the backups is really the best option backup or looking what's out there. Quarterback market's not going to be as hot as people think it is because, you know, everybody wants to have some kind of security behind them. You almost have to wonder if this is going to open up opportunities. You mentioned Rudolph. The other one that I always wonder about is um, a Jordan Love, where it's pretty clear they're sailing toward finishing out that rookie contract and him never getting on the field. Can you get something back from him? Do you end up doing kind of what um, the Patriots ended up doing with Jimmy Garoppolo when he first ended up in San Francisco? So be curious to see. I'll tell you who you shouldn't trade for, though, is uh, Kellen Mond, who yeah. he might be available, but you probably don't need to trade for him. Yeah, no, uh, Kellen Mond, I'm, I'm certain, is available. You know, they, they're like, you know what? We could use some Nick Mullins. Yeah, and I saw why they played Denver in the last preseason game. Well, the last bit of news, probably a touch uh, concerning to some of us. Najee Harris played in the preseason finale, but it was reported afterward that he's been dealing with a sprain in his Liz Frank. Concern for you at all going forward? He, he looked okay yesterday, but... <laughs> You know, I think it's one of those things right now where the, the the nature of the injury right now has him probably wearing wearing an orthotic to help manage the sprain. Uh, does it matter? You know, foot injuries are are trouble. We've seen you know running backs you have to plant and push off and cut, so it is concerning, but. You know, they said it happened four weeks ago. He's been, you know, probably took a couple weeks to get diagnosed properly. Now that they've diagnosed it, he's still showing good mobility. It seems like it's something that they're in the the in the position that they're going to try to manage this throughout the season. And could it get worse? It's a Liz Frank, so probably. Uh, will it? That's a great question. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, but they feel, you know, the Steelers, I think, are a quality organization. And I say that as a Browns fan. And 
I think they've got a plan to manage it while it heals with, you know, he'll probably have light practice schedule, things like that, and try to try to make it easier on him. Yeah, the Steelers really tried to put uh, a dagger in the heart of uh, fans yesterday. Harris mentioning this injury, Deontay Johnson out there playing, injures a shoulder, gets pulled from the game. TJ Watt out there playing, uh, gets pulled from the game. It looks like all of them are still tracking to be available for week one, but it was definitely an interesting time um, to be a Steelers fan. Well, before we uh, we get ready to dive into this mock draft, and we have quite a few rounds already down as Dennis is making his picks at the turn in round... Seven, seven, eight. and eight. Eight, So as you're making your pick here, why don't you tell us about the special offer that DraftKings has for us? Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win. Player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all season long while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on the type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Nailed eligibility today. You're eligible to nail it. Well, today we are doing another mock draft Monday. We are doing a super flex mock. I am going to go ahead and throw it up there. Uh, today's uh, mock is a little bit of an amuse-bouche uh, to what we're getting to uh, next week, which when we do our Monday show, we will be going live at 6 Eastern, a little earlier than we normally do, and we will be doing an actual live draft, our live listener draft. I am actually doing this mock out of my draft spot in the league. I think you're in a slightly different spot for that one, right, Dennis? I don't know where I pick in that draft. (laughs) He'll come to you later. I've looked. I just, it's not, you know, when I've got, when I have a reference for something, I don't necessarily commit that stuff to memory. And so I know I can go look and see where my pick is. And you, you and uh, you, Ricky, Matt, and myself are bunched up like back to back to back. So we must uh, so we're, like eight we're gonna be 11. We're gonna be sniping. Yeah, I think you are eight. Um, okay. and then uh, Matt Bruning is at 10. I'm actually at 11. But for the mock today, Matt put himself in slot two. Uh, we had a couple slots that went unfilled, so we will be looking at some unique draft strategies. From the computer, I am in 11. Dennis, you took the turn at 12. So let's dive in uh, first round. And um, first player off the board was Jonathan Taylor. Would that be your first pick in Superflex? It would, but I'm kind of looking. I'm trying to figure out how when I thought I drafted Matt Ryan with my last pick, I actually drafted Miles Sanders. I was, I was wondering why you <laughs> took Miles Sanders too. <laughs> I thought I was drafting Matt Ryan. I'm like, what the hell happened? It was you were too pumped up about the NFTs. So Jonathan Taylor goes 101. I'll let Dennis work on his picks. Uh, Matt uh, was not up when his pick came up, but I believe that he the computer took for him who he would have taken anyway, which is Justin Herbert. You know he is a big fan. It is super flex. So quarterbacks going fast and furious. Then we got Josh Allen at the 103. 
and Lamar Jackson at 104. Second running back off the board, Christian McCaffrey at 105, then Patrick Mahomes at 106. And Zorro 73 took Kyler Murray as the fifth quarterback off the board at 107. And then Cooper Cup at 108. Austin Eckler going at 109. And then our good friend, Little Penny, John Hamler's taking uh, Jamar Chase just to break your heart there at 110. So, Dennis, what do you think of these top 10 picks? You know, there's a, a good – I like the early quarterback run with Lamar Jackson. I – I have been taking Jackson earlier and earlier. Um, I I feel like he's he's going to bounce back uh, towards his MVP season, and and he's playing for a contract. So I, I'm kind of into that. It's hard. It's I'm I've kind of reached the point where a lot. I'm not opposed to McCaffrey early either, and he went five in this one. Uh, in front of Mahomes, probably the the biggest one for me is I, I don't know that I would take Kyler Murray that early, but I'm I'm kind of a Kyler Murray hater, so I have Hertz over Murray and uh, Burrow over Murray. Uh, I don't have Wilson over Murray, um, but other than that, it looks you know fair. I I got to be honest, I was surprised to get Justin Jefferson at the one twelve, um, but I was I'll very, very happy. And when uh, I saw Jalen Hurts there, I was like, you know what, I'm going to kind of uh, go with my one of my higher QBs that I think is um, ahead of some of the QBs that went. And so I grabbed Jalen Hurts at the 201. Yeah, so for my pick at 111, uh, being super flex, I just went ahead and pulled the trigger. I'm all in. Uh, Danger Russell Wilson uh, joining the squad. And then, you, as you mentioned, you got Justin Jefferson. So that rounded out the first round. Uh, I'll recap it real quick. Jonathan Taylor, 101. Justin Herbert, 102. Josh Allen, 103. Lamar Jackson at 104. Christian McCaffrey at 105. Patrick Mahomes at 106. Kyler Murray at 107. Cooper Cup, the first receiver off the board at 108. Austin Eckler at 109. Jamar Chase at 110. Russell Wilson at 111, and then Justin Jefferson at 112. As you mentioned, you took Jalen Hurts at 201. Wrapping around, I decided I needed a running back. I love that Najee Harris was there. I know we just talked about the foot injury. I hope that that's not really serious. They kind of said it seemed to indicate it wasn't serious, so went ahead and pulled the trigger. Then Little Penny, who had taken Jamar Chase with his first pick, gets Joe Burrow, so he gets an early stack right there, uh, going at 203. Travis Kelsey went at 204. Derek Henry at 205. Then Trey Lance goes at 206. Kind of an interesting pick there for Zorro, especially uh, with the news today. He is a believer, I'm guessing. Then Dalvin Cook goes at 207. Dak Prescott at 208. Then Devontae Adams at 209. Joe Mixon at 210. Our friend Matt gets Stefan Diggs at 211, which is pretty good. I know he's a big fan of Diggs. And then DeAndre Swift rounds out the second round at 212. So what are your thoughts on this round two, Dennis? You know, as I was listening to you talk there, I was like, wow, only three running backs went in the first round. And and I get that it's super flex, but it seems like the – the running backs being pushed down is, is really an interesting thing to me. Uh, Kelsey going as the tight end one. I've seen a lot of Andrews and Pitts uh, going as the tight end one. So I think that's kind of a uh, pick your poison. Joe Mixon at the end of the round, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams. I mean, it's, it's the first two rounds. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to really say any combination isn't good. I mean, you look at Allen and Mixon, you know, Mixon could be the RB one team one with Taylor and Swift. That that's just an, you know, your running backs are set Uh, Herbert and Diggs. If uh, Buffalo keeps passing it the rate they do, Gabe Davis is uh, somebody that's going to get a boost up, but so is uh, Stefan Diggs. He could be 15, 1600 yard, yards and receptions this year. Trey Lance is probably, like you said, the only one that I would question. But if you believe and you, you know, you, your thought is 
I'm not going to get hit. He's not coming back to me in 14 picks. Then you take your guy. That's kind of the, that's the, the beauty of, uh, you know, fantasy football. It's okay to go out and get who you want. Yeah, it's definitely the upside pick, I think, too, because if Trey Lance, you know, he started two games last year. His first start, he finished as QB 20. His second start, he finished as QB 10. So it really just depends on where you kind of fall in that. Um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> in that line of thinking. Well, I'm going to move on to uh, round three so that Dennis can lick his wounds because I know – that probably was not the pick. I guess you're just getting prepped for a real draft. Uh, so round three begins 301. Uh, Mark Andrews goes off the board, second tight end. And then uh, Matt gets Tom Brady as his QB2. Kirk Cousins goes at 303. Matthew Stafford at 304. Debo Samuel goes at 305. Uh, and then Saquon Barkley off the board at 306. We've seen him going mid-third round, so getting some value there. Kyle Pitts goes at 307. So Zorro's first non-quarterback player is Pitts, who's probably going to be the top receiving target period in Atlanta. Then we get C.D. Lamb going at 308. Nick Chubb at 309. Leonard Fournette at 310. I went ahead and got my boy Javon. Monte Williams at 311, and then you snagged Mike Evans. What did you like about the board there that caused you to take Evans? I, I think Evans is um, he's in line to be you know a top eight wide receiver this year. He's a Hall of Fame receiver, uh, I think without question. I mean, he started his career with eight 1,000-yard um, seasons. Uh, he's in line for another one. Evans is a really good wide receiver. And while he's not a guy, I think, that's going to catch 100 passes, he's going to get good touchdown volume. He's going to have a, a good yards per reception. So he's a, he's one of these 75, 80 receptions, 12, 1,300 yards, 8 to 10 touchdown guys. Um, I know he's had a couple of seasons where he's missed a few games and just barely squeaked out 1,000 yards. But 1,000 yards is 1,000 yards. And uh, I, I feel like he's still got a good couple of years left in him. You know, I see you stacking those uh, Broncos players. And if doing that in real life, as much as I, I love Cortland Sutton and, and Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson, and, you know, it's, you're either going to be super happy or super not. Well, let's be honest. If it doesn't go my way, I'm going to be super not happy anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, fourth round, you begin it by getting Alvin Kamara. We've seen his uh, stock slide a little bit. It feels like pretty good value there. Were you happy about that? I'm I'm pretty happy. I want to see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So at RB13, the general consensus right now is that Kamara is not going to be suspended this year. And he is going to be the number one running back in New Orleans. Uh, I know that Mark Ingram is kind of a uh, in vogue late round pick because he's likely to get some touchdowns. But I think Ingram being back in the fold is going to help Kamara not have to carry the ball 250 times. And we've all seen when Kamara doesn't have to carry the ball 215 times that he's good for you know 80 receptions. So I feel like Kamara is going to, well, maybe not 80 receptions, uh, but also not 250 carries. So I feel like it's like 175, 180 carry, 65 reception season with double-digit touchdowns for Kamara. And uh, I think in the fourth round, that's definitely something you jump on. Yeah, and then I followed up. I got my second quarterback in Derek Carr. If you've been following some of our ranking shows, you know I'm a little bit higher than the other guys. Uh, I think that Carr has a good chance of being a top 12 quarterback. I felt good about having two what I consider potential QB1s with Russell Wilson and Derek Carr. I thought it was decent value. Uh, Little Penny followed that up, snagging Travis Etienne, another lightning rod player at 403. Aaron Rodgers goes at 404. And then Aaron Jones, surprised he slid down and he would have been running back 15 off the board at 405. Then we get A.J. Brown at 406, Tyree Kill at 407, George Kittle at 408, T. Higgins at 409, Brees Hall goes then to right and R at 410. Matt gets 
Keenan Allen. So he gets a stack with Justin Herbert, who was his top pick, a great stack there from a rich Chargers offense. And then James Conner rounds out the fourth round at 412. What are your thoughts on the rest of the fourth round? You know, I, I like Aaron Rodgers as the first, uh, team's first quarterback. So that was Costco, Costco. Um, you know, after grabbing Eckler, Kelsey, and Chubb, then stacking Rogers on top, you know, he's, he's going to be the tide that lifts the boats in, in green Bay. It's going to, a lot of it's going to fall on his shoulders. Uh, I'm with you, Aaron Jones fallen. Um, I, I have, uh, Jones behind Kamara. Uh, but if, Kamara had been off the the board here. I I I would have likely went Aaron Jones in his place. You know, Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, all great picks. I think after you know at ten and twelve of Brees Hall and James Conner, I think that's kind of where the drop in running back starts. You you start to enter that uh, zone where you've got guys with a lot of questions. Yep, and uh, so the running back parade kind of continues as we go into uh, round five. Ezekiel Elliott goes off the board at 501, then David Montgomery at 502. Michael Pittman, who I think has top 10 receiver upside, goes at 503, a great snag there for Wright and R. And the DK Metcalf at 504, wish he had a quarterback. Cam Akers goes at 505, then Darren Waller at 506. Kind of an interesting pick, something to watch. He has not been healthy throughout camp. Some questions now going into the season. DJ Moore goes at 507, a great snag for Zorro. Then Dalton Schultz, uh, who I really like with tight end value there, goes at 508. Jalen Waddle goes at 509. And then Little Penny snags J.K. Dobbins, great snag there at 510. I needed wide receivers. I had gone two quarterbacks, two running backs, so I really wanted to hit wide receiver. I was thrilled to land Mike Williams at 511. I think he'll finish just inside the top 12 along with Keenan Allen. I'm bullish on the Chargers offense. I was happy to be able to get the value there. And then you wrap things up with A.J. Dillon. So what did you think about the round and what drew you to Dillon? I'm I'm in on Dillon this year. I think he's going to have a, a really, really strong year. Um, I've drafted him as my RB2 in, I don't know, three or four different leagues. I just think he's going to get a good amount of volume and he's going to have opportunity for uh, red zone touches and he's a better pass receiver. I think we're going to see Dylan and Jones on the field together uh, a good amount. And so with that being said, I was like, I, I'm all in. I'm going to go ahead and snag him. Yep. And then you, you kick off the sixth round getting Terry McLaurin. Uh, not bad value there. I end up getting uh, Cortland Sutton at 602. So I have my stack with Russell Wilson there. I like Sutton. I still think he's the wide receiver one. I'm very excited about his season. Wasn't a bad pick for me. I have him in the high end wide receiver two range. Then Tua Tagovailoa goes at 603. Marquise Brown at 604. Deontay Johnson, 605. Brandon Cooks, 606. Justin Fields going at 607, Josh Jacobs at 608, Jerry Judy, the other half of that Denver equation goes at 609, Allen Robinson, great value there again at 610, really like what Wright NR has been able to do in this draft, Elijah Mitchell, of a Matt popped up and snagged Elijah Mitchell as a running back for him, and then team one rounds out the round, 612, Trevor Lawrence, their QB1, so what did you think of the rest of the sixth round? I, You know... I am uh, so pissed off at Team Six for taking Justin Fields. It wasn't even funny. I literally, I, I had my finger on the trigger when I took Terry McLaurin, and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a guy with top 25 upside um, and, and go there. I think Fields will make it back to me. Based on his sleeper ADP, it looked like he'd make it back, and I was just like, dang it, and – you know, I almost swore at, at that that bot as much as I swore at you. Um, <laughs> you know, there's some good picks there with Lawrence. It was interesting because Team One is going robust running back with Taylor Swift, Connor Elliott, and Mark Andrews, and then Lawrence is their first quarterback. Um, 
and you, when you start to read off the seventh round, they went Antonio Gibson. So they went five running backs in the first seven rounds. That's pretty gutsy. Uh, you know, Noah Wright's building a solid team with, with Allen and Cousins, then Mixon and Brees Hall, uh, Pittman and Robinson. You know, that, that's that got a, a really, really good start. Team four is going uh, zero RB. Jackson, Stafford, Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, D. Metcalf, Jerry, Judy. See, there's another one. Uh, Zora went zero RB with Murray, Lance, Pitts, Brown, Moore, and Cooks. So there's there's some really – there's some diverse builds going on here. I don't know. I tend to try to be more balanced in my build strategy, but I also like to target ADP. Um, but we're starting to get in the range now where it's kind of get your guy, ADP be damned. So in the seventh round, as you mentioned, team one ends up taking Antonio Gibson there. Uh, could end up being pretty good value. Matt gets Amon Ross, St. Brown at receiver. Uh, Wright gets Darnell Mooney, another just sneaky great pick. I think he could end up uh, top 24, and you end up getting him in the seventh round. Amari Cooper goes at 704. Clyde Edwards Slayer, I still don't know what to make of him. He goes at 705. Michael Thomas, another guy we have high hopes coming back, goes at 706. Juju Smith Schuster, 707. Then Jameis Winston at 708 could end up being a good value. Adam Thielen at 709. Little Penny Snag Zach Ertz, not a bad pickup there, could have quite a role there in Arizona at 710. For me, I went back to the wide receiver. Well, I saw Kurt, uh, Chris Godwin sitting out there. I think he's a high-end wide receiver, too. He's got the kind of potential that could get up into wide receiver one, especially playing with Tom Brady. It was no-brainer for me. We start three wide receivers in the format we have set up here, so I went and snagged him. And then you get another receiver with upside in Gabe Davis at 712. What drew you to Davis? I think Gabe Davis is just profiling to be a – breakout receiver he's in a high volume offense he's the number two guy there um you know mckenzie is the slot guy gadget guy stefan diggs is going to get a lot uh, dawson knox is going to get his share but gabe davis showed us last year uh with that four touchdown game exactly what he's capable of i think there'll be some ups and downs with him probably more so than with diggs but davis is in line for 100 plus targets and we've seen him be able to convert volume into production. And so I, I really like that and his nose for the end zone. And, there, you know, there's something to be said for grabbing players from high volume offenses. I think, uh, you know, the Rams, the Chargers, uh, you know, people are even looking at uh, K.J. Hamler now in Denver. So if the offense is scoring points, a lot more people are going to score points. And so it, it makes sense to grab guys like Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and heck even Jamison Crowder, depending on how deep the league is. Well, and of course uh, you end up with the great uh, pick of Miles Sanders there at eight one. You want to tell the people what happened? I don't know what happened to be honest. And now my screen isn't letting me <laughs> enlarge. So I, I can't see the, I can't see the players now. Um, now. Now it's back. Okay. Yeah, I think you said you had meant to get uh, Matt Matt Ryan I, to get I your was second gonna, QB. I was, and uh, now I could. I I knew I knew I was on the clock. I couldn't see the players to draft. Is what I meant to say. Uh, so you started out with Miles Sanders. Uh, not a bad pick, even if it wasn't intentional. Yeah, I mean he's he's. He's a guy that I think could he could get a thousand yards. I just don't think he's going to get ten touchdowns. And even though he's a decent receiver, I think they're going to let other people catch the ball. And you know, Boston Scott, for whatever reason, when they give him opportunities, he performs. And so they, you know, Kenny Gainwell's performance. So it's a three-headed monster in Philadelphia and virtually the guys are kind of all interchangeable. Uh, so after you, I grabbed Hunter Renfro. I've talked about it for a while. He was wide receiver 11 last year going as wide receiver 31 right now. I There's 184 vacated targets in Las Vegas. That's what Devontae Adams can have. I don't see Hunter Renfro coming back off the volume he had. His volume may even go up if you've seen some of the way Josh 
McDaniel says run offense. I think Hunter Renfro is a solid wide receiver too. I felt like that was great value there. Tony Pollard goes at 803, then Cordero Patterson at 804. Matt Ryan eventually goes at 805, probably breaking Dennis's heart. Kareem Hunt goes at 806. Rashad Bateman at 807. Could have a big year. He is undisputed, the wide receiver one for the Ravens. Devonta Smith goes at 808. TJ Hawkinson, another tight end that we don't know what to make of, goes at 809. DeAndre Hopkins goes at 810. Not a bad pickup. He'll miss the first six games, but Wright uh, has plenty of wide receivers he can play in the interim. Then Matt gets Kenneth Walker at or Ken Walker at 811. And then Team One gets its first wide receiver, rookie Drake London at 812. And even though this probably isn't how we would draft a team, I feel like there are these kind of guys that you end up with in every league, guys who, like you and I, play a whole ton of dynasty. And when it comes to redraft, it's hard to get away from that dynasty mentality because you see team one waits till the eighth round to get wide receiver, then takes Drake London, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, and George Pickens in the next four of the next five picks. I mean, and – Fundamentally, each of them could lead their team in targets. It's while well, you want to say, oh, that's just dumb. But Drake London could be the top wide receiver for, for the Falcons. Burks, the same for Tennessee. Sky Moore, same in Kansas City. And so you've got a couple guys in Moore and George Pickens that should be fairly high volume offenses. While Drake London and Traylon Burks aren't necessarily going to be in high-volume offenses, they are looking at being at the top of the pecking order there. Um, you know, Walker, you know, with that hernia, I think he's scaring some guys off. And I have done exactly what Noah Wright has done in several best ball leagues, which is draft three wide receivers and then come back and draft DeAndre Hopkins knowing that I'm not going to have him for six games, but for the the last two-thirds of the season, I'm going to have one of the best wide receivers in the game. And he's paired him with Pittman, Robinson, and Mooney. Uh, You've got the one in Indianapolis, the one in Chicago, and the two in Los Angeles who could get as much volume as both Pittman and Mooney. So all three of those guys could end up with 130 targets. That, that was just a phenomenal build right there. Uh, let's see, back into that round. Where were we? London. Devonta Smith and Rashad Bateman back-to-back there. You've got a two low-volume offense guys. The, the upside, I think, with Bateman is he's the top wide receiver, and at some point somebody, you know, one of the wide receivers in Baltimore is going to get volume, and it's likely Bateman. Devonta Smith, I think he's kind of a sneaky guy. He's going to be the two in Philadelphia. And we've talked we've talked several times about what we think is going to happen with um, Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to take a step forward. Uh, I was listening to Joe Dolan on the, the Better Sports Network today, and he's a Philadelphia fan. And he was talking – he had read – Jimmy Kemsky's last column. And he said that, you know, the difference is that with, and the last pick, one of the things that when Carson Wentz was in, in Philadelphia from year one to year two, he took this giant step or from year two to year three, he took this giant step. Well, they're not saying that about Jalen Hurts. He didn't take this giant step in the off season. He got better. He improved. But there's none of this, he's so much better than he was last year. But we've said, we feel like it's, like if they just throw the ball 50 or 60 more times this year, it's going to be better for the offense. Hertz is going to be a better quarterback. Uh, you've got Smith and Brown and Goddard now. So they're going to be, they are going to provide probably the best set of weapons. You know, no offense to Zach Hertz. Um but that's going to be the best set of weapons that Jalen Hurts has had since he's been in Philadelphia. So I I don't hate those picks there. I think they're they're pretty good. So our, the draft is finished, and as we we wrap up here, um, I'm not going to go pick by pick through the through the rest of the rounds. I'm going to 
give you a little bit of the rest of the picks on my team. Then I'll let Dennis do the same. And then each of us will look on the board and talk about one or two builds that we really like. So I, I my last, my first eight picks uh, were uh, Russell Wilson, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Derek Carr, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, Chris Godwin, and Hunter Renfro. When I got to round nine, uh, I was looking at the tight end room. I like Pat Fryermuth there. We, uh, Matt and I have been on the train that he could end up as a top 10 option. So I thought that was a good snag there. Went with Devin Singletary to be my running back three. I like his potential in Buffalo and his upside. In round 11, I broke your heart by taking Jared Goff. You needed a QB, too. I wanted to have some security in my options. I like Goff. I think he's a guy that's getting undersold a lot based on the weapons that are around him. Then I grabbed another upside running back in Kenneth Gainwell. Mixed reports, but he could end up being the best value in that Philly backfield. Then another bit of a homer pick, I went with K.J. Hamler. I like his upside potential receiver there out of Denver. Went with Gerald Everett. Um, as a tight end, I like the Chargers offense. I think he could end up having sneaky high tight end two, maybe low tight end one value. Went with Alec Pierce. He's a rookie, but plenty of opportunity there in Indianapolis. And then my last two picks, I kind of just went with upside potential. It is super flex. I took Deshaun Watson. We all have mixed feelings uh, about this for fantasy football. Um, not pleased with what he did off the field, but uh, you know, Matt and I talked about this when we talked about the quarterback episode if he comes back and tears it up the last six weeks you could have somebody that gives you super value at the quarterback position in the playoffs I thought it was worth a stash at that point and then I took Isaiah Likely um, you know he's getting a lot of work in the slot technically a tight end it seems kind of random that I have three tight ends but if Likely the gets a lot of work in Baltimore and let's be honest it's a wide open passing situation in Baltimore um, could be some potential for him to contribute I thought it was worth and end of the draft pick. Uh, Dennis, you started out with Justin Jefferson, Jalen Hurts, Mike Evans, Alvin Kamara, A.J. Dillon, Terry McLaurin, and Gabe Davis, and Miles Sanders. Tell us about the rest of your team. Well, I went Alan Lazard, then Rashad Penny. I can't quit you. Um, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, Irv Smith, DJ Chark. You know, I really wanted to you know, stack Chark and Goff, you son of a gun. Um, but David Njoku, Marcus Mariota, Zamir White, and Josh Palmer. So after the Sanders pick, you know, I was sitting, I had three running backs, um, four wide receivers. But with Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers, number one wide receiver, staring me in the face. And what's that? The ninth round, the end of the ninth round. You know, there's not a lot of, there's, there's not a long record of fifth-year breakout wide receivers. But if anybody is set up to be a fifth-year breakout wide receiver, it's Alan Lazard, and he's with a very prolific quarterback. So at that point, as my fifth wide receiver, I'm like, what the hell? Uh, Rashad Penny, I, I think you know I really like Penny a lot. Uh, my team probably lacks some depth in running back. Uh, so likely I'm going to end up, playing the waiver wire as the season goes on, seeing if somebody breaks out. Uh, And and I'm okay with that. I picked Zamir White in the the 16th. You know, Josh Josh McDaniel, uh, you know, I just don't know. White could get 200 carries. White could get 12 carries. Uh, It's going to be an interesting season. Uh, After you sniped Goff from me, I just – I kind of wanted – I didn't like a lot of the quarterback – uh, options left at value. And so for me, it was take a, I, I felt like Baker was the best option at that point. Baker can run hot and cold, but he's playing this year with a chip on his shoulder with something to prove. He's got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. So there, he's got weapons. Uh, hopefully Matt rule puts him in a position to, to not get the snot knocked out of him. Uh, at this point, I needed a tight end, and I'm kind of in, in redraft leagues. My philosophy on tight end is usually um, don't draft a second one because it's redraft and you you just don't really need to. But drafting this late, uh, my thoughts were I, I can always pair him up with somebody else or play the waiver wire. 
And at, at the ADP, Irv Smith, I thought, was a good value there. But two rounds later, I took David Njoku, who I'm I'm surprised his ADP has not risen more. Uh, with Jacoby Brissett playing the first 11 games, he's got a history of high targets for the tight end. Njoku just signed a nice fat contract in the offseason. And so if I'm not taking a top-end tight end, I'm usually going to take scrap heap tight ends. And so taking two here isn't necessarily out of character. I took Marcus Mariota as my third quarterback. I just think his rushing upside on a team that's going to be playing from behind, he could potentially throw for a lot of yards, maybe not a lot of touchdowns, but a lot of yards. But he also has the the opportunity to probably run for five or 600 yards this season. And then my last pick, I talked about it earlier, Taking the second, third option on a high-volume offense can often pay dividends. So I took Josh Palmer at the end of the 17th round. He's playing with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. If Allen or Williams misses time, he moves right up to the totem pole and collecting more targets. And in a high-volume passing offense, he's already going to get a fairly good share of targets to begin with. So before we get out of here, um, give me one build uh, that you like the best. Um, I kind of Noah Wright's build is is you know a nice zero RB build. Uh, there was another one that I liked. Oh, Zorro seventy three. You know, didn't take a running back until the eighth round. Went Hunt, Stevenson, Pierce, Henderson, Pacheco, and last pick. Uh, uh, Hilliard. Which Hilliard? Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard. That's what I was missing. So there's definitely some upside opportunity there. So I think the two zero RB builds were kind of cool to me. Wright didn't go uh, zero RB because he grabbed grabbed, uh, Mixon and Hall early. But that, I mentioned it before, that actually is, um, you know, I, I was proud of our friend Little Penny. I, I having spent a lot of time with him, he got a lot of guys that I would consider his guys, especially going with that three running back set there. I know he's big on Jamar Chase, and he thinks two is going to have a, a good season. So he w- he really played the draft um, to what he thinks is going to play out this season. I'm always uh, a fan of that. But right, um, you know, Josh Allen was QB one last year, certainly has a chance to do it again this year. We think Mixon chronically undervalued was RB four last year. Great pickup there. Kirk cousins is a guy I think could finish low end QB one. So he could also end up with two QB ones on his team. A couple of us uh, stacked what could be two QB ones. Brees Hall, great upside rookie. And then I love that string of four wide receivers there in a row. Pittman, Robinson, Mooney, great solid players they can throw out to start at Hopkins, one that you can wait on and then should be a contributor. Chase Edmonds, we just talked about his opportunity. He waited on tight end and in the 10th round gets Cole Komet. I might quibble that he's invested a lot in a Chicago Bears passing offense that we have questions about, but that seems like great value. Rashad White, an upside running back. Gallup, another receiver you're going to have to wait a little bit for, but could really pay off down the stretch. Gets Ryan Tannehill as his QB3, not a bad value. J.D. McKissick, a great PPR back. Uh, K.J. Osborne, kind of a a great under-the-radar steal there in round 15. Then Nico Collins and Boston Scott to round it out. Yeah, Osborne is another one of those uh, number three options on a fairly high-volume offense, high-volume passing offense. Well, thank you to all of you who participated, and thank you even more to all of you who listened to us for the last hour. This is uh, what we're heading into is going to be one of the biggest draft weekends of the year, Labor Day weekend. We will cap off Labor Day weekend, as I said, one week from today, a draft for real, our Listener League 12-team PPR with a third-round reversal. Dennis, Matt, myself, and our friend Ricky, another fantasy analysts are all stacked up four picks in a row so what could possibly go wrong there for any of us as we're live on the air trying to scramble suitable for work 
Yeah. <laughs> that episode's going to get a sticker. That one's getting a sticker. On Wednesday, Matt and I will be back with the top 24 consensus wide receivers. All three of us will be back on Friday with our top 24 consensus tight ends to get you all set and ready for the draft on Monday. And you know what? Football begins a week from Thursday. So close. We can taste it. We're about to sign off. Dennis, what should the people do? They should rate and review. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a short review. Heck, give us a a four-and-a-half-star rating and leave us a short review. Every little bit helps. Rate and review. 